The Koi Gig Pod has made a new signing. Your goalkeeping coach is your god. Emma Byrne is joining Kathleen and Karen this season. Keep up to date with all the WSL action every Tuesday and subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. Hello there, you're very welcome along to this evening's show. We have got a busy one for you. A slight tangent is coming your way. That is between 8 and 9 where we'll chat through the uh, stories of the week. We have two Irishmen playing in the AFL Grand Premiership Final at the weekend. So Colin Begley is going to chat to us about Zach Tui, who's done amazing things in Australia. And Mark O'Connor as well from uh, Dingle, both playing for Geelong against uh, Sydney Swans. And then between 9 and 10, we'll hear from Stephen Kenny, who's been talking about various things out of Hamden. Dan McDonnell of the Irish Independent will pop into studio as well. Much to discuss. Mick McCarthy is here in studio. Hello. Greetings, Joseph. Hello. And Richie McCormick, you're there as well. Hello. Good fellows. Good evening. So um, it's probably just gone under the radar just by dint of geography. What a great career Zach Tui mm. is having. The grand final this Saturday, half past five Saturday morning. I if know. You're, uh, feeling interested? Those of you with kids, or even those of you who can record things on the television, which is most mm. of you can uh, keep an eye on that. So Zach Tui will be playing his 250th AFL game, which coincides with the uh, grand final, and that puts him just 20 appearances off Jim Steins' record. And you know he was uh, doing a little bit of reminiscing. He's not doing too much because he's conscious of the fact that there is a final to win, but. He remembers uh, when he first went over there to Carlton and the sense was, well, if you're going over from you know, the vantage point of GA player of a certain age and if you play a hundred times, you've had a great career. That's, oh, yeah. That's stellar. So to hit 250 is a big deal, even to the extent that looking at the Australian media, they're very much noting it as well. So um, good on him, to say the least. That's the thing about AFL that we get, like, you know, that might be different from football a lot of the time. It's like we're watching all Aussie Rules coverage whenever you watch it through the prism of full Australian media. So you're kind of always looking for scraps from the Irish guys. But with Tui, it's never that. With Tui, it's always, you know, he's a big part of the coverage. He's a great character as well over there. And like, you know, the way he plays, the way he looks, everything. Um, But also just how good a player he is, you know. So I've just like, I see, I have to be honest, I see Aussie Rules these days in bits and pieces. But again, would try and look out for Geelong. And this is great, you know, and to have two guys in a final. I got up, you say, the half five in the morning when Ty Kennelly won his, uh, the only Irish player to obviously win a premiership medal in 2005. I got up and watched that game uh, on, I think it was TG Carter at the time, were showing it. Could be wrong on that. But I remember that was a big deal at the time. And I feel like since then, it's become a little bit more normalised where I think people, I don't know if people make that effort as such anymore because there's Irish guys involved. Tighe was the start of that second generation of players going over there. Uh, but, you know, even so, it's still something remarkable to have a couple of Irish guys in the biggest event. It's like the biggest day in Australian sport, really. Like, you know, I've been, I was in Melbourne for the, the grand final on the day it happened and it is shut down the city. This is, it's more, it feels like bigger than an All-Ireland final does to Dublin, for example, you know? Yeah. It's at the Melbourne Cricket Ground. Is it always yeah. there? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. The that's the home spot. That's the home yeah. of the MCG. 120-odd thousand people crammed in. Big, big day. All of us have that residual interest in AFL, I think, because highlights on a Saturday morning for many years and it was something quite exotic and yeah. these were the days Transworld where Sport you uh, couldn't get highlights all that readily. 
and then there's the international rules as well. But I have to say, um, I've lost touch with it a lot, a lot over the last uh, decade. And uh, generally, the complaints of the sport are two stop start and uh, just not quite grabbing people. Possibly, yeah. From from our point of view, I think I think if you're I think if you grow up with it, it That's can be often popular in Australia, and, as is the case. <laughs> yeah, but if you grow up, with it, I think it is often the case with like Gaelic games. I'm not sure that people who have critique of them from afar fully understand them. Now, I have watched a lot of AFL and I yeah. do share some of the issues. I, there's nothing more exciting, I, not nothing more, but it's as exciting as any other sport when it comes down to it. Like, end of the fourth quarter, it, it has a franticness that is goes out throughout the game, to be honest, it could be exhausting. But when that like game is in the melting pot with a minute or two to go, that's unbelievable. But yeah, I think I think it's a little bit it can be a little bit stop start with all the marks um, yeah like a very scrappy game and to be honest an awful lot of one sided games that become unwatchable like you can win there's regularly you could be turning on watching an AFL game it's just on there on a Saturday morning on BT or whatever showing and there could be 100 points in it like you know and you're like oh, what is this so hang on a, a game with a mark with too many lopsided games <laughs> Uh, the news round is well, we've taken to you. a lot from it. You know? <laughs> we really have with uh, Gillette Labs for Netflix finished your day. So, Richie, you've been uh, perusing through Stephen Kenny. He was talking to the media today ahead of Saturday. <clears throat> yeah, Stephen Kenny says he will speak with Nathan Collins about his red card against Manchester City. The Wolves defender was dismissed for that high challenge on City's Jack Grealish on Saturday. And speaking ahead of this Nations League game with Scotland, Kenny believes the 21 year old will learn from the experience. It's something I haven't discussed with him yet. But uh, I may do, and um, you know what, between now and Saturday, you know, but it's something that would, you know, it's very, um, you know, it's uncharacteristic of Nathan, and um, he's normally quite disciplined, and, you know, it's, it's something I'm sure he'll learn from. Well, there was the video, I don't know if you've seen it as well, Richie, of uh, the mm. team gathering at the hotel, just, you know, in the social media age, the digital department and the FAI just recording the various uh, comings and goings. And it was all going uh, very nicely until, uh, well, sorry, this was, I, I, was, I said until, it was, this, was, this, this improved the <laughs> it was offering. All going like they were all turning up, they were getting out of their cars, they were getting... <laughs> <laughs> They're in the team room. Uh, with, by the way, uh, Derry City, Shamrock Row was very much on on the, the big screen when they were saying their hellos. And uh, if you go on to the FAI... Twitter feed, you'll see it, but they're all saying hi and lots of high fives as footballers do. And uh, James McLean uh, gets there and says hi to Nathan Collins and then starts doing an impression of Nathan Collins refusing to leave the pitch after he'd been sent off, like <laughs> looking around going, oh, he's going for the ball. Oh, jeez. And <laughs> McLean was like, just get off. Just get off the pitch. Which was, uh, which was good. I'm glad they left that in. Yeah, definitely. Nathan yeah. Collins took it very well. I don't yeah. think he was. Actually, I, don't I, was like, I don't even know what hotel they stay in. I've never, I've never looked it up. Or, or it's Castle Knock now. But I, 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 I feel like I know the front of that hotel incredibly well because I've seen every Irish player for the last four squads get out of their car, get their little, uh, yeah. their little suitcase, and walk in with a smile and a wave. Port Marnock for the longest time, Richie. Malahide was it as well? Has Richie gone? Frozen. Rich is either gone or he just should be here. Have any opinion. You're back. You're back. You're back. You're back. <laughs> Port Marnock. I was thinking for the longest time is a Castle Knock now. Yeah, we we we, we, le- we left him a long time to answer there. In fairness, uh, I don't. Maybe Richie doesn't know where the Irish team stay. Maybe yeah. maybe it's not all that. Just important. admit you don't know, Richie. Don't pretend that you're <laughs> frozen. I think it is Castle Knock. Yes, I can yeah. feel my phone buzzing. So somebody <laughs> in the media who listens to us has just texted uh, with the answer, and uh, or they'll tell is me. it just? He's back now. Uh, Richie, you're back. Richie, will you answer the question? Is it Castle Knock? What's the question? 
I think it's called, well, it makes sense for it to be Castle Knock because Castle Knock. you're just up the road to, to Abbottstown there. They yeah. used to be Port Marnock back in the day when they trained in Malahide. So, yeah. <laughs> you definitely didn't hear my question. <laughs> uh, that, was, that was exactly what I had, had said anyway. Listen, we'll press question, on Joe? while the technology is good. So, well, welcome back, Robbie Brady. So he was thrilled, I'm sure, to be uh, chatting to the media again. Yeah, Robbie Brady. Uh, Kenny says he sees Robbie Brady as being a left wing back. The Preston player could earn his first full cap in 18 months at Hampden on Saturday. And with Enda Stevens missing, it appears to be between James McLean and Brady to start on the left this Saturday. Yeah, I think it's competition for places. Obviously, a few tight decisions, and that's what you want. And we were very good training sessions today, and that was, was competitive. And uh, that was that, that was a good day today for us, Robbie. You know, at the moment, we'd see him as a left wing back because that's where he's been playing for a, for a period. And it's difficult just to shift into another position at international level from club level when you haven't played there in a long time. But you're right, there's no reason why, tech, why he couldn't fit into a sort of left of a 3 5 2, which would have been what he was probably born to play. But like, definitely, uh, he's been playing left wing back at that level, and I think that's where we see him. Yeah, it seems uh, James McLean, man in possession of the jersey for the time being, but uh, good to have Brady back. And you can see him doing a job in that neck of the woods for sure. Yeah, he's and look, the other thing is he's options. You know, like the Robbie Brady is actually the type of footballer that Ireland need. He doesn't necessarily need to be left wing back. I know that's the way Stephen's looking at him at the moment, but you know you could put him into three or four positions. And if we need somebody to just take control of the ball a little bit, yeah, there's none better. You don't forget. I was thinking about this with Ashley Young recently because I see him like Ashley Young was a very, very, very good footballer and a very good forward footballer. And now he's like playing right back for Villa and 38 years old and he's been brilliant. He's been genuinely brilliant since Matt Cash got injured. But he doesn't do any of the things that he used to do. And you're like, surely when you're like, when you get up there anyway, you can hit the ball the same way as he used to. It's funny how people, when they do reinvent themselves in a more defensive way, do kind of leave all that behind them a little bit. Yeah. Now, I'm not sure that uh, we're in that situation with Robbie Brady yet. I can still see him wearing number 10 and just kind of like controlling the game a little bit. There's a point that'll come up on a slight tangent between 8 and 9. Uh, Tony had sent in an email, a slight tangent at offtheball.com. Very excited to have an email address. Mm-hmm. And he was uh, saying, we don't have to tease this head too much now so as not to... Uh... <laughs> Step on the next hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was saying, uh, just in light of Robbie Brady there, playing for Preston and playing very well. A thought on my relationship with the Irish team. I am a Premier League Champions League watcher. One of the great contradictions in my footballing fandom. Ireland are the team I care about the most by distance, but I don't see most of them for months on end. First I heard that Jason Knight's playing right wing back was this morning. It means I approach International Week struggling to remember the likely 11 or who should start based on recent form. God bless Nathan Collins and Gambazuno Bazuno at the weekend. Not their finest moments, but I saw them, says Tony. Tony, Tony isn't the Tony's seen so little of it that he doesn't. It, it's uh, Jason Knight playing right back in a back four for Derby. That's it's even worse. I thought he was right wing back. <laughs> no, that was I think what it started as. So yeah, like I mean, he was in midfield at the weekend, but otherwise, right? Okay, I didn't know that now because again, right I think the point though. does stand that we'll get into it a little bit more. We're not seeing too much of these guys. No, and are you, so I mean, it's difficult if you were to stop the average Irish fan and say, well, in recent form. Would you play Robbie Brady or James McLean at left wing back? <laughs> yeah, well, I've been following team. the reports, Joe. Uh, I've been following who gets the most man of the matches. Yeah, Ma- so, Men of the match. There is that kind Players of... Players of the match. There is that odd quality to the Irish team, Richie. We kind of almost reacquaint ourselves every few months. 
Well, Mick, to be honest with you, has been giving me regular updates on Preston and their unique start to the season, which I'm sure he could probably still do. They're getting boring now. They're drawing matches one all and stuff, Richie. There's no crack to that. That's disgraceful. That's disgraceful. They shouldn't be scoring. They shouldn't be scoring. That's the beauty of Preston uh, so far this season. But yeah, like it is, it is difficult unless you're seeing, and it's like it's true of anybody unless you're actually seeing the game that Sky are broadcasting that week or weekend, whether it's the Friday night or on the Sunday. Yeah, uh, your chances are you're not going to see any of these players. So it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a crapshoot, and you really need to be. Re- reading like the local press like the Pinkin or whatever in Norwich to see how uh, Ama Bamadeli is doing or Lancashire Live to see how the lads up in the northwest are doing because uh, other than that we need to actually have those scouting systems that are available to the managers available to us because mm. we're kind of in the dark at the moment yeah a little bit so UEFA have made a uh, not surprising decision on Russia with regard to the Euros yeah, and a reminder that the draws are coming as well, but Russia won't be in that draw for qualifying for Euro 2024, UEFA confirming today. The group stage draw takes place in Frankfurt on October the 9th. Russia remain absent from international competition due to their invasion of Ukraine, and their clubs will also continue to be omitted from European competition. Yeah, no surprise, and uh, it's uh, hard to argue with that decision. I think everybody's pretty much on board, so uh, it is uh, swinging around. The Euros World Cup is going to take centre stage and as Richie says the draw is on the ninth, so we'll suddenly know our group and then it's uh, 10 matches all within the confines of 2023 so we'll start in March we'll finish in November and that will be the what eight month period that decides much of Stephen Kenny's tenure It's mad how much international football the calendar has changed and we've kind of just got along with it there's no real commentary on it too much like it, it might be better this way but it is hectic like I mean you are you have a bad start, you're gone. And there's no, like, it's, but at the same time, at least you're on to the next thing a little bit quicker than, you know, yeah. drawn out. Um, I just, I, I, the three match windows are tough, though. Yeah. I find, I just, I don't know. I, I think they're just, just, it's too much. But at the same time, I do like the fact that we are getting through these qualifying campaigns in less than two years. Yeah, it'd be very intense. So March to November, <coughs> boom, done. Uh, there is a text in Telmic Eilish Consoline also another Irish person who's won a Premiership medal in the AFL says Emmett Cork yeah that's a fair point I suppose I, like I specifically said Premiership medal so I'm right but obviously we were speaking about, <laughs> like it is a different competition yeah. but yeah no it's a fair point you shouldn't forget that she did that uh, arguably the biggest sporting event in the country the Ploughing <coughs> Championships is on and not a word from off the ball hashtag Dublin Bias fair shout fair shout why aren't we doing a piece in the Ploughing Championships I don't know I'd like to know more about it come here actually I meant to say to you Okay. We need to do a piece on what's going on in chess at the moment. Oh, yeah. Oh, the Magnus Carlsen thing, yeah. Yeah. There's a beef there. And then there was talk I've, of... I read a little bit about this. Talk of cheating as well. Oh, Did, sorry, this is all I saw. I didn't see anything else. Well, no, it re- just uh, just this week, uh, Carlsen wrapped up the match in one move. Okay. Well. As in, sorry, he, he walked off. He made one... His opponent made two moves. He made one in between and then he walked off. Defeated. Well, I don't know. Was it defeated or was it? Uh, we have you previous, and I don't yeah. like you, and I just can't be bothered doing all this anymore. I don't think you. I'm not sure he was defeated. Yeah. as such. I don't think he was outclassed. Have you read about the cheating? The supposed cheating? No, and I prefer not to just talk off the top of my head. Okay, no, air, I'm not going to talk about any people or anything like that. I'm yeah. the method. I'm not even sure if we can talk about it at seven o'clock on the radio. Well, now you have to. Okay. But just Luke, I, choose not, your words. I won't choose. I won't tell you the part of bo- the body that we're talking about. But apparently, um, uh, there's been you know, like you know the way. Remember in like buzzers or whatever that would go in the pocket when you're like cheating at um, 
you know, blackjack in a casino. Yeah. Except those buzzers aren't going in the pocket anymore. Internal. They're internal in a part of your body. That can facilitate. Um, yeah. And that's, a, that's what's been happening ah, in the well, world of chess. Sold. <laughs> Next Tuesday. Chess piece, please. The worst thing about it is I've just come up with a name for them as well. And it's just, it's wrong. It's absolutely. Subbuzzatories. Oh, dear. Are you <laughs> on top of the Carlson situation? I'd only seen the Carlson story that he walked off uh, getting the hump uh, with, in his match the other day, essentially after making one move. Yeah. Uh, which is obviously it's uh, it's it's highly unusual. Um, but yeah, like it's it, it's often one of the most fascinating. Um, if you want to call it a sport, you can do uh, sports. You can. And anybody who hasn't seen the 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 documentary about Bobby Fischer that did the rounds about a decade ago, like I'd, I'd urge them to seek it out because it's amazing and kind of touches on some similar themes, I guess, that are currently unfolding in the world of chess at the moment. Hmm. Did you watch that Netflix show, Joe? Said it would have been right up your street. What was it called again? No, it was a show. It was a it was a drama about a, a chess Sorry. prodigy. Queen's Gambit. Queen's Gambit. It was brilliant. Really good. Yeah, really yeah. good. I don't know. Does, does did that do for chess what uh, Drive to Survive did for Formula One? It got, I downloaded the app on the back of that. Yeah, I was to play. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But you, did it make you more interested in competitive chess? Ah, uh, you can't. No. <laughs> I don't think. I think that's one of those sports that I mean, watching those. <laughs> watching those types play chess. Yeah, is computer lost, code. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I'd be better off watching two ten-year-olds play chess. So I could follow, <laughs> like, and, may, and, and shout from the sidelines. You're doing it wrong. You're yeah, Egypt. Yeah, uh, we'll do something. I'm, I'm just flicking through this Magnus uh, story. People saying this is unprecedented. I can't believe it. Did that just happen? Magnus refusing to play against hands. Okay. He he will play the tournament, but he's saying I will not play against him. So I don't know what's going on there. We'll find out anyway. This is Sorry. actually yeah. I, I'm I'm sold. No, it's juicy. Chess piece sold. How did that come up? Sorry. Uh, no one knows. Don't worry about it. Don't handed, worry about Joe. it. This is. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never find our way back. Yeah, if anyone can remember how that came up. Five three one zero six. So. Oh, somebody texted in about the plowing. The plowing. The plowing. I Which was like, we ignored again. Yeah, sorry. We went. Uh, they said we. They said we had a Dublin bias because we didn't cover the plowing championship. Sorry. So we started talking about the most possibly one of the most elite sports in the world. My my thought process there without voicing it was: <laughs> Is plowing a sport? Is chess a sport? Boom, and then it was off. <laughs> yeah. See, when they called it, when they mentioned the Playland Championships, I can't be alone in forever imagining those American tractor pull competitions that they have in like giant stadiums yeah. whereby they just drag big, hefty pieces of machinery made by Massey Ferguson along a dirt track. If that's what the Playland Championships was, I'd probably go. I know. I, I, a crack. There, there, is there a judging someone's plowing ability component to the playing? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's the, that, that is what it is. But unfortunately, it's just it's been taken over by big radio. Yeah. like commercial interest and stuff like way. that down there you know and, and people selling kind of like gourmet uh, food and paper uh, trays you were saying you know? Scalacci was there with Ray Houghton Scalacci and Ray Houghton were there um, uh, uh, taking on each other in a pizza making competition what what that's that's completely normal Joe yeah uh, yeah so Ray Houghton and Scalacci I don't think for the first I think that's not the first time they've been paired up by the way as well I, who was in the ad with oh. Scalacci was that Ray Houghton in the in the the was it Smithix that? Smithix, yeah. yeah. Was it George Went from Cheers? Oh, uh, no, I think it was an Irish player. I think he might have done a couple. It wasn't Packy Bonner, like, diving sure. in and taking his pint off him or something, was it? <laughs> and then falling out the side door of the pub while Scalacci walked to the bar. Anyway. Scalacci's looking well, by the way. Fish cut. He is looking well, yeah, he is. Yeah, he's got, he's got the touch on the head, but still looking well. Yeah, so... The Live Golf types have written a letter. In effect, this is part of the, the wider... Um, and it's like for their 
existence going forward, they have to have world ranking points. That is like their main mission right yeah. now. That's what they're trying to do. They're having these competitions. There's loads of money. Everybody's very happy. But if there's no world ranking points, it gets messy on quite a few fronts, including getting into majors for some of their better players. So uh, they've they've written a big letter, apparently, Richie. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, no surprise this is probably coming the same week as the President's Cup either, but golfers signed up to the Saudi-funded Live Golfer, pleading with those in charge of the official World Golf Rankings to include Live results in their tallies. The five Live Golf events have come and gone without World Ranking points being attached. Their golfers claim continued omission from the official World Rankings would render them inaccurate and incomplete. And of course, unlike other tournaments used to tabulate the rankings, Live events are played over 54 holes with no cuts. Like, there is a certain truth in what they're saying, in that if they continue to omit Cam Smith, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau, etc. from the world rankings, pretend they don't exist, that does completely undercut the world rankings. Now, one of the arguments back against that is, well, 54 holes against a limited field, that's not a level playing field versus those of us it's playing 72 holes against you know the whole tour. So it's a, you're still having a joke tour with these 54 hole events. So that's the argument against them. But well, 100 percent, there has to there has to be some like you have to sanction an event for it to be a world tour event. Like I mean, it's a, you know Tiger Woods could turn up at you know an open day somewhere, and you know if you want to put it that way, like you know there, there needs to be some sort of rules on it. And I I completely agree that those reasons not like I mean I do think it eventually will come in but in the meantime it's like if they want if they don't want to sit down the rankings they have other tournaments they can play in yeah the majors only is it and then the European tour events the, the top, PGA they're banned yeah the top guys still get into the majors by dint of having won them relatively recently and, and being already in the top 50 or and in the top yeah. 50 but they're slowly but surely slipping out of the top 50 as time goes on and so they're in a race against time but it's the only it's the only I suppose Deterrent, weapon at the yeah. disposal of I don't know what you even call the establishment but of golf. I, I totally know? agree. But I think we're now at the point where yeah, you put down your weapons and accept the fact that this thing is real and it's here. Yeah, we'll see how real it is, though, when players are not being able to play in majors or are not in the world rankings. Maybe. I understand that it's a very, very risky strategy. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know. They've all signed multi-year contracts. Yeah. Like they're going to be there. I, I just think they're going to have to play ball with them. Um, but again, maybe it forces the merge or the agreement or whatever you know whereas ult when then ultimately live don't have the exclusive access that they currently have you know the, 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 the like Maybe some negotiation live will negotiate on behalf of those players as well you know it's not as if they're they'll have to abandon rip up their contracts or anything yeah there's a text in saying the semi-final between Hawthorne and Sydney in last week's AFL was one of the great sporting events only a point in it still a huge achievement to have two Irishmen involved I wonder if There'll ever be an Irish sports person at a Super Bowl, etc., says Dara in Galway. And Gavin says, not only has OTB ignored the chess cheating scandal, it's also ignored the serious hooligan problem within the game. I think that's, <laughs> I think that's a joke. I don't know. I don't know. It might I think not it be. Is. Uh, the World Rowing Championships, Richie? Yeah, Lydia Heafy finished second in her repechage today to qualify for the AB semi-finals of the women's lightweight single skulls at those World Rowing Championships in the Czech Republic. She'll return for that semi-final on Thursday morning. Goa Joe, Katie O'Brien and Stephen McGowan were also back in the water or will be back in the water on Thursday for the repechage of the Parrot Mixed Double Skulls after finishing third in their heat this morning. Uh, T20 World Cup 
just around the corner and the Ireland men's squad for that T20 World Cup in Australia has been announced. Andy Balberni will captain the side with 15 players in all selected for next month's campaign. It's Ireland's first major tournament under new head coach Heinrich Mallon. They'll play a three-match warm-up series in Sydney starting on October 4th for their opening group game, which is against Namibia a week later. Uh, so Munster have the big boys back. They do. Uh, back from Peter O'Mahony's med- wedding more than anything else. Uh, they could host a number of experienced players in their side for Sunday's URC trip to the Dragons. Members of Ireland's travelling party to New Zealand in the summer will be considered for that game at Rodney Parade, meaning the likes of O'Mahony, Conor Murray, Keith Earls and Joey Carberry could all earn first appearances of the season. Simon Zebo and Mike Haley could also return from injury. They will be monitored this week, but the 10 players included in the emerging Ireland tour to South Africa won't be considered for duty this week. Ulster, meanwhile, say they came through Saturday's win and home to Connacht injury-free. However, Ian Henderson and James Hume remain absent with respect of hand and groin injuries. Will Addison and Jude Postlethwaite are out with leg and knee injuries respectively and Ulster continue their UR season away to the Scarlets on Saturday. I was uh, chatting to Graham Hunter about the Madrid derby and wondering if Atletico had come out to condemn the behaviour of many of their own fans. They have eventually. Yeah, they got there eventually. Atletico Madrid condemning the racist chants aimed at Vinicius Jr. ahead of Sunday's Madrid derby. Home fans were filmed chanting racist epithets about the Brazilian outside the Wanda Metropolitano. In a statement today, Atletico say a minority of supporters will not be allowed to tarnish the club's reputation. However, they've pointed the finger at professionals from different fields, they say, for stoking the fires ahead of Sunday's game. Uh, Graham was very good in this last night and yeah. uh, the, the professionals from different fields uh, stoking the fires uh, which Atletico talk about that's uh, a journalist who appeared on television during the week and used a phrase which was uh, completely inappropriate and, and so that's uh, and that prompted Vinicius to release a statement on Friday and then the Atletico Madrid fans are some of them obviously a minority of them jumped on that and so it's been a bit of a saga and Graham explains it all really well so that's waiting for you in um, the usual places I have uh, repeatedly said no when the kids asked me to play them in chess. I just didn't want the hassle of showing them how to play. Well, I return to the room to see them playing each other and I just uh, keep saying no. I don't want to tell them it's because I don't actually know how to play, is uh, texter. Do you know, I mean, uh, look, I would say even a very average chess player could beat me in about six moves. Mm-hmm. But when you're playing someone of your own level, it's not it's not com- it's not as complicated as you might think chess to get the, to grips with. What the rules are and you what, be, what oh, you're supposed to do. You it's could be simple, playing in ten minutes. But the depths of it. Oh like God. I was like I I remember like I was like I haven't played it in years and years and years. I used to play it in school. We used to all play it in, in, in like primary school even. And he got to the stage where like I thought I was decent against people that I thought I was you know that I was up against I remember like about four or five years later then like playing a friend of mine who would be a chess player and thinking I'm well able for this like and three four moves gone and it's like I'm sure he'd be the same playing against someone at a higher level it's the depths of strategy and ability in that game it's 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 unbelievable Unbelievable. actually if you think about it because it is ultimately just a few uh, I'm the type who like almost like starts panting when I can see that my bishop could make a big strike. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah, giving the game away. <laughs> Being in one move ahead here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so on the ploughing championship situation, depth, straightness and tidiness of the furrow ploughed is what's judged. Do you lads not listen to Pat Kenny in the morning or what? So obviously that was uh, discussed this morning. Tidiness of the furrow ploughed sounds like it could be like an essay written. It's a lovely sentence. Yeah. I feel like it'd been a Robert Frost poem. Or Maybe something. that's it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, thanks for mentioning chess and OTB. We are going to do the piece next week. 100% chess piece coming your way. Uh, this is Antonine Swords. There is no... 
Oh dear. It doesn't reflect well on us. There is no truth to the reports of buzzers or anything like them in players' private parts. Check out the news on this matter and see who started that fake news. The organisers issued a statement and said no player cheated at the event in St. Louis. Okay. Was Look, it the, was the Anthony, hooligans putting out the fake news? I don't know. Anthony, that's your truth. My truth is something <laughs> else, you know, so it, it's ultimately it's up to me to decide what the truth is. We'll get to the bottom of it. There's definitely enough selling points and angles to this piece to, to make it happen. We are uh, out of time. Richie, thank you very much. Nice, lads. Michael, thank you. Thank you, Joe.